What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And we hope that this podcast helps you move forward in faith, whoever and wherever you're at. Okay, let's get into today's conversation. Hey, everybody. My name is John. And I'm Noel. And you are listening to the Transformation Podcast. The Transformation Podcast is a new podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And we thank you so, so much for listening, you all. Um, we want to make sure that you subscribe and leave a review after you listen to every podcast because it helps other people find the podcast, right, John? Subscribe and leave a review. Yes. Wow. I say that every time. I got a whole to-do list <laughs> No. today. It's just a little five stars. Oh, it's really easy is what you're saying. Yes, very easy. And then you can say, Noelle is the best. I love her. Thank you. What if we get <laughs> what if we get ten reviews that just say Noelle is the best? I love her. I will. I will you will you give away a prize? Whoa! I don't got money like that. A, <laughs> a free prize of a hug. Yeah, and maybe a follow a side on Instagram. Hug, a church side hug, though. Yeah, you feel me? Okay, yes. gotta and keep a, it. Oh, a follow on Instagram. That's yeah, nice. yeah, a follow back. No one really cares who I follow, but. <laughs> Yes, I will follow you as well. Just subscribe. Leave a review. We would appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, I know one person who is subscribed who? to our podcast. It would be our guest this week. Oh, yeah. Who is our lead pastor, one of our lead pastors here at Soul City Church. It Woo-hoo. is the one, the only, the turbocharged yeah. Jeannie <laughs> Stevens. Jeannie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I, I love my subscription to this <laughs> podcast. Wow, you guys even have like... Yes. Applause. That's part yeah. of our hospitality here. Wow. I'm coming back. Oh, thank you you're for welcome joining back. us. Anytime. Well, we'll see how I'm this so podcast happy. goes. <laughs> we're happy we're a little early in. Yeah, we're happy you're back. One, on, happy you're on this podcast, but also happy you're back in the building. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Your message. It was so good to see you today. Thank you. It's yeah. so good to be back. Yeah, you you went on a short little hiatus. I and did. I introduced you as the turbocharged. Do you want to yes. give, for those who don't know, some of the listeners, do you want to give them an update on what's been happening for you personally over the yes, last month? Yes, yes. So uh, many people know that part of my story is that at a young age, I lost both my dad and my brother. And both of those losses, uh, sadly, were cardiac-related deaths. And... They were both super sudden, not expected at all. And so, you know, when something like that happens in your life, you start going, okay, I need, I need to pay attention mm-hmm. um, to my own health. And so I did a bunch of tests, met with a lot of doctors, a lot of specialists, and my heart is good. But um, there were some other things that they just said, you know, due to your family history, uh, we want to recommend that you have heart surgery and you get a permanent defibrillator. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> I, I'm really young. Like, are you sure? And so after just lots of counsel, lots of prayer, uh, we just felt like, yeah, it's it's the wise thing to do. It's the part that I can play. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. God ordains our days. God ordains our steps. God ordains our lives. He knows every hair on our head, but the part that I get to play in this, um, I want to do whatever I can so that I can uh, love and serve and care for the people that God's called me to love and serve and care for, for as many days as possible. So a month ago today, Mm. when we're recording this, I had heart surgery and I 
um, I read on the website that the recovery is about one week to six months. And I read that and I was like, I'll take the one week. And uh, it was a little bit more than one week. You didn't realize uh, that they weren't asking you to choose between I, I one thought and they six meant months. You get a choice. And so I was like, I'll take the one week. And uh, it was a little bit longer of recovery. And so, yeah, I'm so grateful, so grateful to be back with my turbocharged I, I like to think of myself now as the Lady Tony Stark um, <laughs> of Soul City. So I'm the Iron Woman with yeah. the Iron Heart um, hey. and the Real Heart. Oh well, happy one month anniversary! Thank you, hey. Tony. <laughs> or Stark. I, I'm, I'm not planning on on counting this anniversary, <laughs> but you know, there you go. <laughs> Goodness. Well, well, thank you again for one sharing that update on your life. I know um, that. Soul City, Soul Citizens are concerned about you and, and want you to be here as long as God allows you to. So. Thank you. I like that, Noel. We're calling them Soul City Citizens. Oh, Soul City Soul Citizens. citizens. Soul Citizens. Carrie. Carrie, if you ever listen to that, that she dropped that. I in one of the like podcasts. that. Mm-hmm. Soul want it, Citizens. We want it on a shirt, so maybe we can say a shirt for our Soul Citizens. It started here. Started yes. here. Yes, awesome. Um, So I want to do something fun, and I know you are... I have seen you be so vulnerable in your messages, but I do want people to get to know you a little bit better um, on this podcast. So my question is, if you weren't a wonderful pastor, (laughs) what would your career be? What do you feel feel like you would be called to? I love that question. So (laughs) I have two answers, and I'm going to tell a funny story. Can I tell a funny story? Yes. So two years ago, I was a part of a like week-long intensive retreat. It was great, and, and I got put in this small group, and part of the week-long thing was that you don't say what your last name is, and you don't say what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. So we were all just in this circle, and in this group, there was like 10 of us, I think, and I only knew everybody's first name, and I had absolutely no idea what they did for a living. Well, the end of the week comes and we were like, hey, let's play a game. Let's guess what we think everybody does. And so we go around and we're like guessing and we, we made up the rules ourselves and we're like, okay, one person, you know, can say, here's what I think Noel does. And mm-hmm. then if somebody seconds it, then, you know, that's what our guess is as a group. So we're going around, we're guessing what everybody does and they come to me. And this girl in the group is like, I know, I know exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what, what is she going to say? And she goes, I know you're a motivational speaker. You're like a female Tony Robbins. Oh, <laughs> and man. the rest of the group is like, yep, that's it. She's a motivational speaker. <laughs> and everybody is like, I totally am guessing that. And I'm like, like. I hate to disappoint you, but I'm a pastor. <laughs> Very much not that. But um, so I guess my group would have thought I was a motivational speaker. But if I had to choose, I would be Joanna Gaines. Oh. I, I would be a designer, developer, builder. I'd have my silos. Jared is my chip. He's, <laughs> he's my comedy on the side, right? And, and that is for sure what I would do. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like a closet interior designer, decorator, general contractor. Yeah. Beautiful. Jarrett, as a part-time DJ, you as a part-time <laughs> interior designer. Sure. Yeah. I don't see why not. I love it. Instead of demo day, it's DJ day. Right? And he just dances around. I love it. I can see it now. <laughs> I can see it now. Oh, I love that. amazing. So can I ask a part B? You can. So how was your journey to becoming a pastor, how was that revealed to you? Yeah, I never, ever thought this was the path Mm. I was going to go. And, but God, 
right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I became a Christian when I was in high school and a, a mentor in my life uh, towards my end of high school just kind of tapped into my life and kind of whispered into my life like, hey, you know you're a leader, right? You know that God has given you a leadership gift and you know that God has, you know, given you the gift of, of teaching and, and, and people listen to you when you talk. And I'm like, no, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I just remember him saying, pay attention mm. to what God is going to do in your life. I mean, I was a junior or senior in high school. You know, I, I didn't know what that meant. And I, I wanted to do what John used to do. I wanted to like be an actress and be on Broadway and do music and, you know, do all, do all that fun stuff and go into acting and, and that kind of thing. I had absolutely no plan for uh, ministry. And then I went to a school and I started volunteering for this ministry and God just started breaking open my heart for people. Mm. And I started seeing the gifts that God gave to me. Other people had seen them before, but I started paying attention to them. And I started seeing that there was not just gifts, but that fruit would then come from the gifts. Because it's an interesting thing, right? A lot of people have talents, but sometimes those talents don't produce spiritual fruit. And I started seeing that my gifts and my abilities were these things given to me by God, and fruit was coming from it. And, uh, so that led to a path of me thinking, okay, I I think I I might have a gift for leadership and I think I might have a teaching gift. And I, I think I might be a shepherd of people. I don't, I don't know what that means. The real honest truth is that I didn't actually see a lot of examples of people like me that are women Mm. as pastors so there was probably even a season and a phase of my life where I thought, I don't even know if I can do this. I'm not even sure if I've got the right parts, if you will, <laughs> to be able to do this because I didn't have an example. And y'all had Nancy Beach on the uh, podcast last week, and she was one of my only examples. And thank God she came into my life. She was a mentor in my life at a really young age. And I was like, okay, she's she's kind of doing this. Maybe I can, maybe there's something that I can do with these gifts. And so it was a long journey in the same direction of obedience, of just taking the gifts that God had given to me and continuing to follow him. So I would not say that I had a lightning bolt moment where I felt God say, you're called to be a pastor. This is the gift that I've given to you. So now go do it. It was just me continually showing up with the availability and the gifts that God had given to me. And then him bringing fruit from that and me beginning to go, I think this is my calling, actually. I think this is my purpose, actually. And, I mean, I've tried to back myself out of my calling a lot of times. <laughs> I've, I've tried to be like, God, that Joanna Gaines, like, life looks way better. Like, what, can I, can I do that instead? And yet when God calls, the, the only option is, I mean, I suppose there's the option of disobedience. But um, I just felt like this is what I was made to do. Yeah, that's powerful. So there's a few things out of that that I want to sort of pull out and highlight. One is that someone called that out in you at a young age. 
like and and to use you were talking about a metaphor of fruit which i want to hit on later on but like even earlier than that you were this like unformed seed and someone looked mm-hmm. at you and was able to see the tree yep. that you would one day yep. be and you could not so see good. that so and i th- that that's what it i think that's what it means to be a leader specifically of young people is to yes. to look at a seed and see the the tree this that, is what you can that become. They will one day become. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then even before you grew in or discovered what type of tree you were, you were seeing the fruit first. I was. You were doing things and you were like, I don't know what this is called necessarily, but I'm seeing the fruit of what's happening. And it's actually out of, I think, often seeing our own fruit. That's how God shows us like what type of tree we actually are and yeah. what type of role we've been called uh, and prepared to fill, yes. which is interesting. It's kind of backwards. Yes. Yeah. Um, and can I interrupt really quickly? Can you define fruit for our listeners? Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good, Noel. Um, yeah, so, well, actually, tell us, yes. Jeannie, what type of, when you say you were seeing some fruit of these gifts that you were pouring out in this ministry, what, did you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I was seeing spiritual movement mm-hmm. versus human activity. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was seeing God take what I brought, you know, whatever gift, whatever talent, whatever ability. And then God was taking that and there was spiritual movement that was occurring. And so people, you know, would, would come and would say, I really needed to hear that after I taught something. And I was like, what do you mean you needed to hear that? Like, Mm -hmm. I just opened my mouth and I just said some words. Do you mean that God was talking to you through those words. And mm-hmm. so I started to see that my my human gift that I brought to the table, that the fruit was that God was doing some spiritual activity with it. And, mm-hmm. and I hadn't known, I probably wouldn't have been able to describe that at such a young age. I mean, this started kind of like 17, 18, 19, 20. You know, like, I, I don't know if I would have been able to articulate it that clearly, but I was like, oh, this isn't of my doing. This is of Holy Spirit doing. And that's how I would decipher the difference between fruit. We don't make the fruit appear, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't, we do what only we can do. And, and th- there's actually some beautiful passages of scripture around this and John's incredible metaphor of the tree and all of that. But, you know, God waters, God, God does the planting. And, and our job is to be faithful, to let develop what develops and, if fruit comes, fruit comes. And I started seeing some fruit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I realized, oh, I, I think these are spiritual gifts because there's spiritual activity that's coming forth from it. But yeah. John may have a much better no. and articulated <laughs> I, answer I, to I, what I, fruit is. I appreciate that you you made that sort of distinction that it mm-hmm. is it is the Holy Spirit that brings about the fruit. Because the you know, to play with this metaphor perhaps too far, it's you know, the farmer can plant the seed the farmer can you know even water the seed and tend it and do all that you can do but at the end of the day the farmer actually has no control over how and when and where that fruit will develop and grow that's that's a force totally beyond the worker that's right and so yeah i think defining fruit as this holy spirit inspired transformation or change Mm -hmm. that you are able to see as a result of the planting that you're doing and the work that you're doing. And yeah, that is a, 
that is a sign perhaps that God yeah, is and calling. I love the point that you made earlier that oftentimes God uses people to point that out mm, and yes. I'm, I'm so grateful for the mentors that came along in my life at a young age and 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 then as I continued to grow that that continued to point out and say look what God is doing and they and they were able to help me see how Holy Spirit was using what what I brought to the table mm-hmm. was just my, my humble offering. Right. And then what Holy spirit would then do with that in people's lives, which is, it's quite miraculous when you think about it. Um, and so when I, I continued to see that fruit, that was a huge clarifier for me. And it was one of those things that I was able to go back on when it got hard, mm. when I didn't want to do this, when I thought, I, I don't know this, is this really what I want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, especially I think back to when we started Soul City Church, you know, over a decade ago, Jarrett and I are like, gosh, we need to eventually go back into our old text messages and bring up those text messages because I probably sent him like a hundred, like we should back out now. Mm-hmm. What were we doing? <laughs> we should not plant this church. We have two small kids. They're like two, they're four. We're in a huge metropolitan city. We have no money. What are we doing? Yeah. And, um, I, I think we always went back to the spiritual fruit. Mm-hmm. We went back to, this isn't about us. This is about what God is doing through what we humbly bring. Yeah. And that's, that is, that's beautiful. And it is a perfect segue <laughs> to our conversation today, which is surrounding the, the teaching that, that you gave this weekend, uh, surrounding both the feeding of the 5,000 and then Jesus walking on the water out mm-hmm. of Mark chapter six. I have a, Small, short personal anecdote, and then I want to kind of turn it over to Noel to kind of ask our first question. I, when I do a teaching here at Soul City or anywhere else, at the top of my teaching manuscript, I have a handful of phrases that I'll write. And they're just these phrases, these mantras that I use as a teacher to kind of center me. And I want it to be the last thing I read before I dive in. And one of them is, this is my five loaves and two fish. Mm. And it's just this, because I used to, I get all this like pressure, like, man, I need to, the sermon needs to change everything. You know, this sermon needs to do all the work. And it's just the sermon needs to feed 20,000 people. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. When in reality, what it, what it actually is, is like, God, this is my, this is my little lunch that Mm -hmm. I have. And it's me placing it in your hands. Mm -hmm. That's what's, that's where the spirit is going to move and the fruit's going to happen. And that's something that I, have learned from you and Jared is like, this is, this is what I have today. This is what I can bring today, God. Um, and that's, that's the story that you taught on the, the feeding of the 5,000 Jesus with the disciples, with this large crowd. And then there, the crowd is hungry, or at least the disciples discern that maybe the crowd is hungry. And Jesus turns it on the disciples and says, no, you feed them. And I I won't give your whole teaching. People should absolutely go and listen to it or watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we want to have a discussion surrounding some of these themes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the title of your, I love a good title. (laughs) God titled his, you titled yours, and it was the ingredients of a miracle. And not only did you speak on it, but you also did some baking, some, you know, imaginary. We tried to have our own great <laughs> British bake-off oh, on yeah. Soul City today. Yeah, <laughs> yes, a little Rachel you. Ray, not yes. just Joanna Gaines. <laughs> I, I loved it because um, I'm a visual learner. And so those incorporating visuals into your message is always helpful. It makes it stick for me. Um, and so I was thinking about the message and... When you said the ingredients of a miracle, I went down to the basic of, okay, okay, what is, 
what is a miracle? Mm. Like what, what, what do I think a miracle is? And you even said, um, do I think miracles can happen for me? And so I wanted us to define miracle, you know, by that little Webster dictionary. Love it. Noel, bring it. (laughs) I wanted us to define it. And miracle is defined as a highly improbable or extraordinary event, development or accomplishment that brings very welcome consequences. Mm -hmm. Then he gives us a a few um, examples of the miracle of rising from the grave. Or um, it was a miracle that more people hadn't been injured or killed in like a car accident or something like that. So for me, it kind of set this tone of like, okay, it's improbable. It's an event. It's something that happens. Um, but you, and, and in some other definition, it, it relates it to a divine, um, a divine person, creature, whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted us to bring down to the basic of a miracle. And then I was asked myself, how do you discern miracle versus coincidence Mm -hmm. versus fate and I I know people sometimes they use those interchangeably or some people be like no this is a miracle this is coincidence so um, can you define that for us yeah I love that you brought a such a great definition and it's it's impossible until it happens right is how I like to look at a miracle it's the impossible until it happens and then you're like that was impossible. Mm, mm-hmm. It must be a miracle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I shared that in my message today. And and for me, I, I not to, to give away the whole talk, um, but I talked about these two ingredients, that it's God's ability and your availability. Mm-hmm. And, and those are always present in a miracle. I even think about the, the teaching that John did last week, and I, I can see both of those ingredients mm-hmm. in the miracle that he talked about last week and it's the supernatural it's the I can only attribute this to the hand of God um and I I brought what I was able to bring so you know how do you decipher out how you discern out is this a miracle or is this fate Mm -hmm. and I would say go looking for those ingredients right go Mm -hmm. looking for those ingredients do you see the movement of God in this? Do you see God's power? Do you see God's ability? Do you see how he's at work? Do you see the ways that he's, you know, even prepared the way for something to take place? And and you would have never seen that because of how you view time, but God doesn't view time the same way that we view time, right? Yeah. So can you see, can you articulate, can you go, that is, that's only God. It's one of the reasons why we have that phrase here at our church, and we say it all the time, only God. And then there's the part that, and I love this about God, and, and and there have been miracles where, you know, our availability isn't as noticeable, mm. but I love that God decides to use his people. Mm. I love that he, um, and I can't wait to one day face to face, ask God that question. Like you could have, you could have designed this thing a whole different way. You could have just shown up on the scene, done your miracles, and not included us at all. But you decided to let us be involved. You decided to let us bring our own fish and our own loaves. Like you decided to let us be a part of it. And for me, when when those things come together, that's how I know it's miracle and it's not fate. Mm -hmm. When that is woven together and you see the supernatural and then you see all I brought to the table was was this little thing, this, you know, this humble gift, this, this measly, you know, crumble of bread or this half a fish, whatever I have. 
And then you see God do the supernatural. Um, it's, it's miraculous. I was just walking over here before we recorded this, and a guy paused and, and said, hey, can I tell you a quick story? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, this last week, I, you know, I'm, I work in my apartment complex, and I'm a concierge, and this woman, you know, has been struggling with her back, and I felt God whisper to me to pray for her. I was like, Lord, I don't even really know her. I don't want to do that. That's going to, she's going to think I'm so weird. And, you know, he just kept feeling like God was like, just pray for her. Mm. And so finally he's like, okay, God, I'll do it. And he's like, hey, I noticed you've been struggling with your back and, you know, I've been helping you a little bit here and there. And would you like me to pray for you? And she was kind of like, I mean, I guess, sure. And he's like, I my eyes open. I didn't want to make it feel weird. And so I just, I prayed for her and then I didn't see her for a few weeks. And three weeks later, she comes walking in and I'm at there at the concierge and she comes walking in and she's like, Hey, would you pray for my sister? Mm. And he's like, uh, sure. I, I, I'd be happy to. And so, you know, they have a little conversation. He ends up praying for her sister. And she says, by the way, I've struggled with back pain for a year and a half. Mm. And whatever you did when you prayed for me, my back pain is gone. Mm -hmm. And we were just having this quick little conversation as I was walking over here. And I thought, that's it. That's that's what a miracle is. Mm. It's God's ability. Mm. Nothing special happened in that prayer. Nothing, you know, it, it, it was just God's ability healed this woman's back. Because this guy brought his availability. Mm. He, he brought his, his, his little fish. <laughs> he, he, he brought his crumble. He brought his loaf of bread. And um, I just thought that, that's how we know. That's, that's different than fate for me. No, yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think the challenge that I'm here for myself and maybe other people can resonate with it is just being present, mm-hmm. you know, so you can understand what's happening and how God is moving in that moment. Um, even being present for, you know, even the five loaves and the two fish that, you know, the child was present. Um, people were present in that moment watching what God has done, but also he's looking at, like you said, the whole story. There's yeah. things that led up to that, the child totally. bringing the fish to that event, totally. the, you know, um, the disciples paying attention to the needs of the um, population. But yeah, I think, as a millennial sometimes, and this is not to come at ages in here, you know, you feel me. I just had to recognize myself as one, but I, <laughs> and I, I will not share my age. No, no, well. <laughs> nor, nor will I, nor will I, but, um, yeah, I, I think my, my counselor was like, millennials are sometimes so future oriented. Like, so what's going on in the future? I have to put future, future, future. And like, it's always the challenge that I think Jesus says is like, be present mm-hmm. with the people. What are the needs in this moment? Like you said, what do you have? Mm-hmm that you're bringing into this moment um, that I can use for my glory. So, yeah, thank you for talking about that. Yeah, and one of the things that I I love most about this story is the miracle didn't happen until he broke the loaf Mm -hmm. open. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the multiplication didn't happen until the breaking. Mm. And I just shared that incredible story, right, about a guy praying for a woman and she's healed. That doesn't always happen that way. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that I say that as well, because yeah. sometimes we got to break things open. Mm. And it's in the breaking and in the time of that breaking 
and what Jesus does in that breaking, that then eventually the blessing and the miracle come. Yes, that's and it's never on our timeline, mm-hmm. right? It, and 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 I I can just confess to that I, I always wanted to go the way I wanted to go, when I wanted to go, how I wanted to go, mm-hmm. and it's almost like I'm the cruise director of miracles, mm-hmm. you know? Where I'm like Jesus, here's how the miracles should go. Yeah. Here's how we should arrange all the people. Let's get them all in this place, and here's how the event should happen. And yeah. what do you think about a balloon arch? The people might like a balloon arch, you know? And it's like yeah. God's not looking for a cruise director for miracles. Yeah. And um, he does it the way that he plans to do it. And, and our job is to bring our availability. And he's the one that breaks open. He's the one that breaks open that loaf and, and does what he needs to do through it. Um, yeah. I want to, I want, so I want to dig in on one specific point in terms of timeline mm. for miracles. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I will admit my own skepticism toward in our modern day towards like the instantaneous miracle or the instantaneous healing. And I've been in or around certain faith traditions that really highlight, you yeah. know, we're going to pray for instantaneous healing. And I've, yeah. I've seen and had experiences with that, but I still struggle with skepticism mm-hmm. around it of like, yeah. well, why doesn't that, I don't see that happening on like a weekly basis for me in right. my life or right. for my, you know, my back pain or whatever yeah. it might be. And so I'm, we, you know, we've given an example of maybe a more instantaneous, you know, we, this is an instantaneous miracle in Mark chapter six. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, what about a long-term mm-hmm. miracle? Yeah. Something that maybe doesn't happen instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think we label those as miracles yeah. very often, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I would label them as that. Yeah, I would too. And you know, I'll, I'll just go back to my own life and my own story, and I'll even go back to the, the question you asked me in the very beginning. Um, you know, for me, uh, choosing to get this heart defibrillator feels like a miracle. Mm-hmm. And, you know... There was no miraculous moment, at least I don't think there was, while I was laying on the table and they were putting the defibrillator in. But the loss of my dad and the loss of my brother may be what gave me the miracle of life. And that's a long story. Mm-hmm. That's a long journey. That's not instantaneous. There is a lot of brokenness in that story. Mm-hmm. A lot of sadness, a lot of loss, a lot of hurt. And it also led to a miraculous opportunity mm-hmm. for me to potentially have a much longer shot at life. So I, I just think that the work for us as followers of Jesus, you know, we, wanna, um, we want everything to be binary. We want everything to be black and white. We like to label everything. That's miracle. That's not miracle. Mm-hmm. When that happened, it was a miracle. When that happened, it wasn't a miracle. And I just think that our God is so grand and so generous and so vast that um, sometimes we do a disservice to people in their spiritual transformation and in their spiritual journey when we get them to think this is the only way a miracle can come. And then they're let down, mm-hmm. and they're disappointed, 
and they start to think, I, I must not have, and I, I talked a little bit about this in, in my message, and I, I didn't dive too deep into it, but they start to think, well, here's how a miracle must happen, and that didn't happen, so I guess I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not praying enough. I'm not reading my Bible enough. I don't have enough faith, or I sinned too much, or I did something wrong, or, um, you know, I've got too much doubt. And I, and I think that doesn't leave for a beautiful and generous orthodoxy that our God is a God of mystery mm-hmm. and in his miracles are vast and they're wide and they're full. And, um, I don't ever want to box God in to say that he only does it in the instant. He only, he only does it in the, in that moment, um, when he might be writing a long miracle story for somebody's life. Yeah. And as, as a follower of Jesus, the work is to remain continually available to that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I love that, Rather than defining miracle by the outcome, which, you know, we read a great definition from Merriam-Webster, shout out, dictionary. (laughs) But in your message, you're defining the miracle by its ingredients, not necessarily by its outcome. And when you define it by its ingredients, that means if I am walking through life continually open and available to God, and if I truly believe that God is who he says he is, that he is able, that means like, I am a walking miracle. You are a walking miracle. To be a follower of Jesus, that's what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we live a life of experiencing those types of things. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's great. And if I'm being honest, sometimes it's just so hard for me to think about the miracles in the everyday or, or recognize things as miracles. And I'm kind of like torn now, just sitting upset with myself of like, you're not recognizing miracles enough. <laughs> like you're not recognizing mm. God's power enough. And of course that you're not available enough. You know, there, there's that challenge of why, why am I not seeing it all the time? Why can't I recognize it all the time? Or, or why aren't they coming when I think that they should come? Right. Even you talked about like this whole risk management, wanting to have these other ingredients. And I, I do want to um, touch on the other ingredients that people may have that they think attribute to the miracle. Um, if you could. Yeah. And those are, all good things, right? They're wonderful Mm -hmm. things. The other ingredients are not, um, you know, terrible, terrible things. Well, some of them. Um, And yeah, I mean, reading your Bible more or praying more or walking in faith, those are all great things. They can actually make you more available, help you to become more available. absolutely can. But John, you just said it. The miracle is in God's supernatural ability and your availability. That that's, that is the ingredient. That is the recipe. And all of those other things can put you in a posture to be more present to that yes. miracle. Um, but they're not, the miracle isn't dependent on those things. Yeah. The miracle isn't sitting over there going, well, you know, we were going to do this miracle. You know, I don't, I don't think God is like consulting with the angels and, you know, the old disciples. Like, we were going to do this through her life. But, you know, I really wish she would pick up her Bible a little bit more. I I really wish, you know, she would start praying some more. I wish she could, you know, lay off of the doubt. I mean, so much doubt. Jeannie, come on, right? I just don't think that that is how God is at work in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, All those things, do they aid our faith? Do they grow us? Do they make us more available to God? Sure, of course. But I don't think they are the ingredients that make the miracle happen. Yeah, that's good. Um, So, yeah, thank you for that, like, kind of relief of, like, you don't have to have it all together. You can do those things, like you said, 
to put you in the posture to recognize the miracle. But whether you recognize it or not, God still gets the glory because the miracle still happened. That's right. And one of the most powerful practices in paying attention to miracles is gratitude. Mm. It's one of the best practices that we can usher into our lives That's good. because it allows us to see all of God's ability already at work in our lives. And I, I try to do this on a regular basis. I was I was driving out uh, to pick up my kids from school the other day, and I just I was feeling worried. I was feeling stressed about some things. I was feeling like God, I I really need you to do something. And I just felt the Spirit of God say, "Look at what I've already done." Yeah. And so in my car, out loud, I just started naming the things that God has done in my life, and mm. from big things to simple things to. God, there's food in my fridge. Mm. That's a miracle. There's a roof over my head. Right. I'm a part of an incredible church. Mm. I get to work with people that I don't just love. I like working with them. God, like, I love my purpose. A lot of people go to jobs and, and they hate it. They can't wait to get out of there. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. like counting down the eight hours. I love what I get to do. Yeah. I have a husband that... I love, I have children that I adore. Like, you know, and I just started naming out loud. To me, those are all miracles. Mm. Those are all miracles. And it helped focus my attention on God's supernatural ability that's already at work in my life. Yeah, that's it. Actually, John, I want us to jump on this um, gratitude train. <laughs> His face is, oh, wide open. I think it's good. I think this is good practice. I'm grateful for you as my co-host. <laughs> There's a moment happening in here. This is a, yeah, let, let's this is a podcast moment. It. This is definitely a podcast moment because I have a friend whose name is Christian and he might listen to this, but he's big on gratitude and all that. And I, and I hear him sometimes. I'm like, oh, you're just an optimist, man. Like you're, you're always talking about gratitude, but there is something um, powerful in giving thanks for what you have um, and have had and will have, but giving thanks for that present thing. So, I mean, I guess my gratitude one is for, to be on this podcast, even have these conversations, um, especially when I'm like, I'm just someone who's been at soul city for a bit, but thank God that people saw a gift in me to be on this. So I'm thankful for my family and my friends who are a part of my life and accept me in the ebbs and flows. Um, I'm thankful for my loved ones and my boyfriend. If he listens to this, he listens to everyone, but I'm thankful for you too, boo. Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> you like, wow, you said my name on the... He <laughs> <laughs> gets the applause. Come on. You know, I'm just thankful for this community. Um, and it is a miracle being in a... And I'm thankful for Soul City shifting and and growing with what God is presenting to them, making this place feel more welcome, welcoming for a, a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. And I've seen again, I've been here for almost four years and I've just seen the evolution. And that's something I'm, I'm thankful for because people need a church home where they can see themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful you guys are, you know, stepping up to that challenge. But yeah, thankful for this moment. Mm -hmm. You're I on a you're on a gratitude train, I know, Noel. Right? I have to practice throughout the week, maybe I in love the car it. while you're driving, like you said, um, just shouting out those things in gratitude. Or for me, I need to write things down, maybe a postcard. Well, something. I did. I actually didn't talk about this too much in the mm -hmm. message, but you know, before the miracle happened, mm -hmm. it actually says that Jesus gave thanks. Ooh, come on, and then broke the bread. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the bread didn't multiply until he gave thanks mm -hmm. and he broke it. 
Yeah, that's and good. I was like, I really wish I could teach on gratitude here, but I have already gone way over in this <laughs> message. Um, but I just think it is a powerful, powerful yes. way for us to pay attention yes. to God's ability, mm-hmm. to pay attention to how he is already at work. And what he blessed, what he gave thanks for, mm-hmm. what he held in his hand, it would not be enough. Mm-hmm. He, and he even gave thanks for what wouldn't be enough. Yes. And then when he broke it, it was enough. Yeah. So that that practice of gratitude, I believe, is a shift move practice. Mm-hmm. It is a turning move practice. We can be lost in worry, just like I talked about. You know, I was driving down the road, totally overwhelmed with some worry about some things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have got to shift myself out of worry into gratitude Mm -hmm. and I think it's a powerful way you know and was that a miracle driving down 290 to me it was Mm -hmm. because I refocused my mind on God's ability not my worries and my stresses and my concerns yeah Yeah. that's good that's so good I love it I think that's a great place to end too. Nah, with a little, uh, I don't think so. I'm not gonna. I'm not not. I'm not trying to avoid your. Oh, okay. I was I'm like, try, I'm. I'm trying to have the final word. Oh, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, what I was gonna say. I think that's a. I think that's a great place to end with a charge okay, toward good. folks, including myself, <laughs> to practice gratitude, which yes. I shall do right now with with the folks in this room. Thank um, you, Noel. I already said grateful for you uh, mm-hmm. as as my co-host. Grateful for the 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 humility and the joy and the sensitivity that you bring to these conversations is necessary. Thanks. And we love it. We love it. Um, Pastor Jeannie, thank you. You're, you are a fantastic leader of this church truly. Um, and I am a privileged human being to know you as a pastor and as a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and trust me, she's the real deal. You know, mm-hmm. like the person that you see on stage is, is the person, mm-hmm. uh, with with a, maybe a little less energy sometimes, <laughs> you know, sitting across mm-hmm. a, a dinner table from her, um, and then Julian, like you, yes. step up time and time again, and yes. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for how you consistently make yourself available for whatever it is. You mm-hmm. are not picky about it, mm. um, which is I often am, um, and so I'm I'm grateful for how God has has taught me through through your servant heart mm. what it looks like to be available. And I'm grateful for the listeners who are leaving reviews and who are subscribing. (laughs) We are grateful, grateful for you. Thank you, everyone. Yes. And then uh, finally, the tradition here, Jeannie, uh, our guest leaves us with a small benediction, a small benediction to our listeners. Would you bless us with one? I would love to bless you with one. And as I'm just sitting in this moment and letting Holy Spirit put words uh, into my mind, my my benediction is that you would be open to being broken so that the blessing could be poured out in your life. That's my benediction and my prayer. Amen. Amen. And amen. And I'm so grateful that I got to be on this podcast. Yay. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you. And I will leave my review. Oh, <laughs> please do. Yes. Leave a review on your own episode. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. For more from Soul City, including teaching, giving information, or to join us for any of our weekend gatherings, visit our website, soulcitychurch.com.